It is good to have you here tonight. Glad you're here, and and uh, uh, I see it's raining just a little bit outside. We'll take that, won't we? All right, that is good. Well, we got a, a blessed uh, evening. Jim Garling is here again, and we're very blessed to have him. He's got a friend with him. Mr. Richard Sharp. Richard Sharp. Yeah, we've been playing music since we was four. Yeah, since you were four. Yeah, and he's That's only... a long time, ain't it? <laughs> well, maybe 14. Okay, 14. Maybe right. 14. Okay. Well, either way, we're just glad they're here. So let me ask you a question. Are you expecting? Amen. Well, I believe God's going to meet us right where we are. And so let's go before the Lord in prayer. We're going to pray. Father, we just come before you today, tonight, and we thank and praise you for the opportunity to, to gather in this place. We thank you, Lord God, that you honor and, and that you will be honored and praised. And Lord, as, as we praise you, the word says you inhabit the praises of your people. And so, Lord God, we just come before you with an open heart and open ears, ready to hear and receive. And Father God, we just give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, let's give Jim Garling and Richard, Richard Sharp a hand. All right. Thank you very much. Well, we're probably both really on our game because we just ate a street taco full of jalapenos. Woo! And that makes you hot, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it burns you. We are glad to be here. We could have driven over here. Well, Richard came from Moore, Oklahoma, came up to my house at Guthrie, and then we drove on over here to Enid, and we are anticipating having a good time in the Lord tonight. We're just going to sing some old hymns. We invite you to sing along if you know them. Hum if you don't. Tap your foot if you want to. And we're going to put a, lot of, a little swing beat to most of these little... Yeah. Down at the cross where my Savior died. How many of you know that song? Good. So you can help me with glory to his name. Glory. Well, down at the cross my Savior died. Down where for cleansing from sin I cried. There to my heart was the blood applied. Glory to his name. Here we go. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. There to my heart was the blood applied. Glory to his name. I am so wondrously saved from sin. Jesus so sweetly abides within. There at the cross where he took me in. Glory to his name. Here we go now. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. There to my heart was the blood applied. Glory to his name. Oh, praise 
delicious fountain that saves from sin. I am so glad I have been heard in. There Jesus saved me and keeps me clean. Glory to his name. Every now, glory to his name. Glory to his name. There to my heart was the blood applied. Glory to his name. Come to this fountain so rich and sweet. Cast thy poor soul at the Savior's feet. Plunge in today and be made complete. Glory to his name, everybody. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. There to my heart was the blood applied. Glory to his name. Now we're going to sing it again. What's going to happen is I'm going to quit. I want to hear y'all. Glory to his name. One, two, three, four. Glory to One more time, it is beautiful. Here we go. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. There to my heart was the blood of light. Glory to his name. Good job, everybody. I'm telling you. Thank you, guys. We're going to have them back, uh, get right back in here and sing another song. I just want to make a few announcements. Remind you about our website, uh, ctccenid.com, and that enables you to go to catch up on things and find out about what's going on. I uh, want to thank Dakota and Clarissa Davis as they provide this oppor their opportunity to use this building every week. And pretty awesome thing. Let's give Enid Livestock Market a hand. Uh, also, don't forget about our August 20th cookout. There'll be a sign-up sheet uh, next week for what food to bring or what you're going to bring, so we kind of organize it all, but it'll be uh, a good time. It'll be down at Camp Clearview, and uh, that's two and a half miles south of this intersection right here uh, where you come to turn in. Also, uh, wanted to let you know about a, we're going to have an arena work day, August 22nd. That's a Monday night, 6 p.m. We'll send out a flock note, remind you. We don't need a ton of help, but uh, but so don't feel like you're going to have to work really, really hard, you know. But you can show up and, and help out and have a lot of fun and socialize with us. We're going to build, uh, finish the return alley, probably, probably build the catch pen. It's just panels. There's not anything major to do. A little T-post driver, you know, you can, you can take turns turns on the T-post driver just to see who can drive a post the fastest. And, you know, we'll have a competition for that. But uh, and as hard as that ground is, actually, we've got a power one, a motorized one that uh, will drive them in the ground and makes it a lot easier. We're going to we're going to set that up, get ready for the team roping boxes. Uh, so we're, we've got some things planned down the road, but uh, in, in this fall that'll be uh, just small events, pr uh, probably practice type events, some ranch sorting or cutting maybe, and, and uh, if we get the team roping boxes and, and uh, set up and, and the breakaway box, I've already got guys wanting to do some breakaway and, and do some calf roping and stuff. So uh, looking forward to that. But the launch of the arena will be on September 10th and that's a long ways out it seems like but it'll be here before we know it and more information will come uh, we have a play day event planned um, 
Got some neat things you'll, you'll, you'll be able to come on that Saturday and watch in the middle of the afternoon. And actually, I'm going to have the church help provide lunch for the uh, contestants and their families and bless them while you get to watch. So yeah, we'll talk more about that. That's a ways out. Just want to let you know about that. Every morning, Tuesday morning, 7 p.m. or 7 a.m., sorry, up here, Mike Wood leads a Bible study. We've been going through First uh, Peter, finished it up, started into Second Peter. We go verse by verse through through the, whatever book we choose. And, and it's a neat study. Sometimes we get two or three verses talked about. Sometimes we get a whole chapter uh, read, but uh, but it's a, it's a lot of good... Uh, Bible study with a lot of good men. Uh, also have Full Armor Men's Ministry August 27th on Saturday, uh, 8 a.m. It'll be a morning time this time, so there'll be more reminders. That is a ways out, so we got more reminders. And finally, uh, just want to remind you, these offering buckets give you an opportunity to sow seed and to give into the kingdom of God. Uh, we at, at each entrance, there's a, a bucket there. <clears throat> you can write checks to CTCC, or if you give cash and you want a tax receipt, man, put it, fill out the, your name on that offering envelope and how much you put in there. That way you can take advantage of the tax credits as long as they give them to us. We just as well, hadn't we? Amen. All right. Well, let's pray over this offering tonight. Father, we just come before you, and first of all, we just thank you for this building and, and ask a blessing on Enid Livestock Market. We pray, Father God, that you continue to, to grow this business in a healthy way, that you got, guide and direct Dakota as he, as he leads uh, uh, this business for your glory. And God, we just thank you that you continue to provide buyers that, that cause the sellers to receive top dollar, and that you continue to draw the, the cattle in from the north, south, east, and west to be sold in this, in this place. Now, Lord God, we thank you for those that give. We thank you, Lord, you are our supply, you are our provider, that, Lord, we're not looking to any other source but you. And, Father, we thank you and praise you as a church and as a body of believers that, that you use those that give. And so, Father, we thank and praise you that we do it in faith, trusting that you meet every need. We give you honor and glory and praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, let's give Jim and Richard another opportunity to sing some songs. Give him a hand. Thank you. Well, I'm going to brag to you just a little bit. I have spent the last six weeks in Colorado. Oh, I know, I know. That's a, had a great time. We had a little church up there that we went to and worshiped in on Sunday mornings. But I want to tell you about an experience that I had up there. How many are familiar with Creed, Colorado? Okay, a couple of you. Creed, Colorado, 9,000 feet. And when you hike out of Creed, you get up to about 11,000 feet. And my wife and I hiked up there uh, one morning, and you would not believe how beautiful. We're standing on that mountain, and we can see I don't know, 30, 40 miles, maybe 50. There's a little town over here. I, I don't even know what it was. And there was a little part of Creed sticking out right here. And the clouds were just unbelievable. And I thought about the time the old devil took Jesus on the mountain and showed him around and said, you know what? If you will bow down to me, I'll give you all of this. I'm sure glad it wasn't me. <laughs> what a temptation. It was enormously beautiful. 
I'd still like to own it all. I got to thinking about this next little hymn. And as beautiful as that place was, there's a place I'm going that does not even hold a candle to what I saw on top of that mountain. And this old hymn is called Beulah Land. I've never seen it. I've read a little about it. I'm kind of homesick If you just look around right here in Enid, there are those places that is just as beautiful as that mountaintop. The only thing about it is we don't take time to look. We're too busy getting here and going there and pushing there and something. Yeah, the Lord has given us a beautiful, beautiful place to live, and it doesn't have to be on that mountaintop. 
This one's in the key of G, brother. This man's doing a great job, isn't he? I'm telling you, Mr. Richard Sharp, we've known him for a long, long time. And we've, we've played a lot of cowboy shows and the cowboys and a few churches. And we have. And uh, we're proud to be here. Give me that old-time religion. Who likes old-time religion? Yeah, boy, I'm telling you, I do. I, I like to sing them old hymns. Give me that old-time religion. Give me that old-time religion. Give me that old-time religion. It's good enough for me. Makes me love everybody. Makes me love everybody. Makes me love everybody. And it's good enough for me. Give me that religion give me that old time religion give me that old time religion it's good enough for me it was good for our mothers it was good for our mothers it was good for our mothers and it's good enough for me give me that old time religion give me that old time religion give me that old time religion it had saved our fathers. It had saved our fathers. It had saved our fathers. And it's good enough for me. Give me that old-time religion. Give me that old-time religion. Give me that old-time religion. It's good enough for me. Now this next verse we can get excited about. Because that old-time religion is going to do something fantastic for us. You know what it is? It's going to take us to heaven. <laughs> it is going to take us to heaven. Who believes we're going to heaven? Hallelujah. I'm glad. I'm glad. It will take us all to heaven. Well, it will take us all to heaven. It will take us all to heaven. It will take us all to heaven. That's good enough for me. Let's do one more, and then we'll turn this over to the preacher. I like this old song right here. Mm -hmm. And you all will know the chorus. You may know all the verses. When the trumpet of the Lord shall sound, the time shall be no more. And the morning breaks eternal bright and fair. When the saved on earth shall gather over on the other shore. And the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. When the roll is called up yonder, when the roll is called up yonder, when the roll is called up yonder. Now next time I want you to get a real deep breath. When the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. On that proud and tight this morning when the dead in Christ shall rise 
and the glory of his resurrection share. When the chosen ones shall gather to their home beyond the sky, and the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. When the roll is called up yonder, when the roll, when the roll is called up yonder, when the roll is called up yonder. Yonder I'll be there, ha ha. Let us labor for the master from the dawn till setting sun. Let us walk in his wondrous love and care. Then when all of life is over and our work on earth is done, and the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. We're gonna be short this time. When the roll is called up yonder, when the roll is called up yonder, when the roll. Good singing, good singing. Well, thank you guys. I tell you what, what a blessing it is to have them in here. And I, I really enjoy that, that swing style. You know, we get a lot of different styles, but that, uh, that cowboy swings, little unique and and uh, the bass sure adds to it i uh jim's always good but uh, uh oh uh, richard does he's he makes him pretty sharp <laughs> y'all get the y'all few of you got that. that's a bad joke but a few of you got it well uh, speaking of jokes there was a there was a lady uh or i mean a man a, a baptist preacher that went into a, a dog uh pet store and he was looking for a dog he found this dog that was just amazing and the the guy that owned the store he said let me show you how amazing this dog is it's a christian dog he said you just quote any just ask any scripture where it is and, and this dog will find it so he said john three sixteen, and the old dog opens up that bible and flips through with his old paw and puts his hand right his paw right there on on john three sixteen. sure enough and he says well let me let me try this again it's just to test him he says how about uh we we do psalms sixty eight ten, and he flips that through around and gets right over there no trouble at all and puts his paw right down there and sure enough it's psalm sixty eight ten. and so he says well i gotta have this dog and so he buys the dog and takes it home and and he's showing his wife and she says, you know, she's just amazed. She said, you know, this dog's so smart. I wonder if he does any other kind of tricks and maybe just normal type stuff. And and uh, the 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 lady there, the preacher said, uh, well, roll, uh, lay down. And he laid down. And he said, heal. And he all of a sudden stopped and raised up on his back legs and put his paws on the preacher, and he was healing. His wife said, I ain't real sure about this dog. I think it's a charismatic. Oh, man. Okay. Anyway, that's a lot of fun. Well, let's turn in our Bibles to 2 Peter chapter uh, 1. We're going to continue on the, the line that we were on last week, but we're going to call it something different. Um, last week I called it, Do You Truly Know God? And I challenged you with the, the question of, Do you truly know Him? Because the, the thing that just stood out to us in our men's Bible study as we were going through this, and it stood out to me before, and, and it's, it's interesting, this was part of the theme of, 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 of several sermons that I had that were talking about knowing, truly knowing God. Because when we truly know God, 
We, we don't get caught up in imitations. We don't begin to get, to, to, to get led astray. It's not easy to get led astray. But he says here, to that tonight, though my title is something different, it's, it's how do you fail proof your life? Because I love this uh, verse 10 of, of uh, 2 Peter chapter 1. He says, if you do these things, you will not fail. You will not stumble. You will not fall. Different translations say it different ways. But he says, if you put these things into practice, if, if you can make these things happen, out of this translation here, he says, if you'll work hard, dear brothers, to prove that you really are among those God has called and chosen and do these things, you will never fall away. You'll never fail. You'll never, you'll never fall. Now, listen, that'd be a good thing. You know, I, I'd, I'd like to never fail. I'd like to never fall. I don't like fail, failure. I don't, I don't like to do something, that uh, attempt to do something and not do it well. Well, you know, he's not saying necessarily that we're never going to have a challenge. He's not, I'm, I don't preach that you get saved and then everything, your life becomes easy. In fact, a lot of times when you give your life to Jesus Christ, especially if you're coming out of a, a, a maybe as an adult, out of a, a walk. I, there was a, a gal that uh, we led to the Lord not too long ago, and her life got rough. But she was still surrounded. The interesting thing was she was still surrounded by her, all her old friends and all her old family that none of them were saved. She had no uh, support group on a regular basis uh, other than when she, she came to the certain place that, that, that where there was a few others. But there were all those other in influences. See, the thing is, she could fall away not because she didn't have a heart for God, didn't love God, but because she hadn't put into practice the, the things of God and how to, how to walk with God. You know, sometimes we will have challenges in our life, but ultimately, what are we going to do? We're going we're gonna to win that prize. Ultimately, we, we, we have received life and we make Jesus Lord. And so, really, life is ours. We can't lose even in death. And so let's look here at chapter 1, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2. He says, May God, may God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. And we spent a lot of time talking about that last week and, and how knowing God, truly knowing God, does something for our life. And, and, and it begins, you know, I used to try to memorize Scripture. And I... Uh, that's not a bad thing, but I would memorize Scripture, try to get it just where I could just, you know, speak it at a moment's notice. Or, or I'd, just, I'd try to read certain chapters and, and certain books in the Bible and, and gain an understanding of them. And, and then, you know, it's taken a lot of years, but I, there's a value uh, of knowing the whole of Scripture. I don't know everything about it. Uh, there's 66 books and I don't know how many chapters and a whole lot to, a lot to learn and a lot to know. But I've gone through it enough from start to finish. I've studied certain books and, and, and di or different books at different times. And you know what they're all about? Jesus. They're all about God, but it's all pointing. The Old Testament's what? Pointing to Jesus. And what did Jesus do when he walked the earth? He demonstrated the will of God. You know, it, it may sound funny to you, and maybe some of you can relate, but I remember as a, as a young Christian that, maybe I wasn't a young Christian, maybe I'd been saved as a, as a boy, but as a young adult, when I really gave my life to Jesus Christ, and I'm trying to really apply the Word and walk in the fullness of God, 
I just couldn't understand why there were four Gospels that said basically the same thing. And I, to me, I was trying to, you know, hurry through and learn as much as I could. And I thought, man, I'm reading, you know, they want me to start in Matthew and, and I'm reading the same thing. And I just, I wanted to get on to Ephesians and I wanted to get on through Romans and, 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 and other, other books that are so powerful. And then one time, I, 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 we used to have an auto-reverse cassette player, and we got the dramatized New Testament. And, and one of the things that was so cool about those uh, auto-reverse uh, cassette players is you could put them on, uh, on continuous, and they'd just turn over. And they might wake you up a little bit, but you could turn that real low, and you could listen to the preaching of the Word all night long. Now, I've told you the stories how when I was still on the ranch feeding cattle and working running the tractor, doing whatever I was doing. I, I got to where I carried cassette tapes of the, of the sermon of that week and other cassette teachings, and I listened to the Word all day long. I'd listen to teaching and feed my spirit and allow God to... But we would, we would go to bed at night. My wife and I would go to bed at night with that dramatized New Testament on there. Well, it started, guess where? Matthew chapter 1, verse 1. And so it went all the way through... The life of Jesus and Matthew's version of that, and then and then uh, Mark's version, and then uh, Luke's version, and then John's version, and by the end of that, I don't know how long that took, but by the end of that, I had a love for Jesus and a love for for the Gospels like I'd never had before. I didn't really understand, but I think through hearing that, and you say, "Well, you were asleep. How did you know? Your spirit doesn't ever go to sleep. Its ears are always on." That's why it's so important to what you feed yourself when you're unconsciously paying attention or not, not consciously paying attention. You ought, to, you ought to turn on the news enough to learn what you need to know and then turn it over to some good preaching or praise music and leave that running when you're just mindlessly going through the house. I know everybody's excited about that. I'm stepping on toes maybe. But here's the thing. If you listen to the news all day long, what are you feeding on? Say, I need to know what's going on. But I also don't need to build my whole life off of it. You talk about, and some of you have gone the opposite, and you've just shut it all off. We can't do that either. We've got to occupy till He comes. We've got to do our part to be aware of what's going on. And we better... Just a little side note, we better be getting involved in some, in, in some of the school systems, in some of the libraries, in some of the city councils. That's where, that's where we're going to have to get to because they're, they're not just coming for... I heard, uh, read a deal, they're, they're in California, they are coming after... They're, they're, uh, they have now in one of the counties outlawed mutton busting and any kind of roping and, and wearing spurs. So that, that takes out the rodeo. That's what they were going after first was the rodeo and the calf roping and the team roping. But they also then that spills over into the ranchers that you can't rope and doctor your calves and your cattle if you want to. And you can't ride. How would that work out, Jeff? Train a horse without spurs. I mean, you know, you, you don't you use spurs. If you don't know this, you're, you're not gouging the horse. That's not the point. It's so that you can, you can cue effectively. It, there, there, there is a real purpose other than they jingle jangle when you come in, you know, get off your horse and go in the restaurant. You look cool. It's, there's more than just looking cool, right? There, there is a purpose for those things, and uninformed people have no understanding of that, and then they go in and set up stupid laws or try to take away freedoms and a lifestyle. 
Now that's one area, that's one simple area that, that we got to watch for, but they, 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 there's a whole lot of other areas that they come in to try to steal, and they begin, and, and boy, some of the stuff they try to feed our kids, trying to teach our kids is little bitty, little bitty kids confuse the fire out of them with a bunch of garbage that needs to be fixed, and now I'm going to leave that alone. But I'm going to tell you what, we got to, we got to occupy till he comes. And we got to be involved in standing in some of those things. Well, well, where God is concerned and our knowing him, when I begin to feed on and understand who God truly was through listening to that dramatized New Testament, you know what I heard through that? Is I heard how, um, uh, how amazing... Uh, how amazing God, Jesus was, His will and His love for us. How much He had compassion on people. I heard what He spoke and what He said, and I truly began to know Him as I listened to that dramatized New Testament. I began, over all those different angles and all those different verses, I began to know who He was. Then when I went to the Old Testament... And I began to read about how God dealt with the children of Israel. Or I began to see what the power of God, how he flowed through some of the prophets. And how God was setting up everything for the end result of Jesus and, and him coming into the earth. Man, I began to know God and I began to know, know him in a, in a real way. And we begin to truly know God. That will help us to never fail. Because we'll obviously allow God to be at work in our lives in ways that we couldn't, you know, we'll, we'll have faith to believe him in, in, in ways that we wouldn't have otherwise. You know, uh, the, that, that's the first thing that, that we need to know to have a fail free life. The second thing is that we need to make every effort to respond to his promises. Look at this, what it says here in verse three it says by his divine power, God has given us everything we need to live a godly life. And we have received all of this by coming to know Him. So that emphasizes that first part. The one who has called us to Himself by means of this marvelous glory and His excellence. And because of His glory and excellence, He has given us His great and precious promises. That these, these are promises that enable us to share in His divine nature and escape the world's corruption by its strong desires or lusts. You know... The thing that we need to begin to understand is that, that it's going to take us putting effort into walking in the fullness of who God is and understanding that, but then not just stopping with those uh, uh, just a surface level understanding. You know, that's the, the big difference in just knowing about God and knowing Him. When you know about, I used the illustration last week of, of, of somebody's mentioning a person's name. Well, I know about Jim Garling. I, I'm getting to know him better. But I don't know all of his history. I don't know all of his life. We, we don't know one another to a personal level yet. Yet that takes time, that takes conversation, that takes exchange, that takes offering information and receiving information. You probably know a lot more about my life than I know about yours. Because I tell on, you know, I talk about how tough it is, and, you know, my wife's so, you know, so tough to live with, and my, all of these things, you know, I tell all those funny stories, or tell, pick on her and do, tell all these stories all the time. But, you know, you know a lot more you think about me but, you know, as you begin to know somebody, you know, one of the ways that you begin to know me and, and know people is by knowing their heart. 
And you know, that's the amazing thing about our relationship with God. That's really what He's after is our heart. He's not out there just to take our fun. He's not just out there to make things difficult for us. He's out there to, to get a hold of our heart. And you know what He exchanges for, for knowing our heart is, or getting after our heart is he, we, we begin to know His heart. We begin to know how much He loves us and how much He cares for us and know what He's provided for us. Now He says in verse 5, and this is when it gets into some... some uh, what I want to really teach tonight is, He says, uh, in, in view of all this... That God's given us these great impressive promises that, that we should come to know Him. We should grow in all these things, He says. And then He's given us the divine nature. He says, make every effort, in verse 5, make every effort to respond to God's promises. I like the way that translation says it. He says how to respond. You see, God's made our, the promises available. He's given them to us. But we have to respond to them. He gave us the free gift of salvation, but what do you have to do? You have to believe. You have to confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. You have to receive it. That free gift is available to us. The great and precious promises are available to us. The promises are extended, but he says you've got to make every effort to respond to God's promises. You know, uh, it's not a halfway effort. You know, I, I told, told, told him Sunday morning, I was teaching along something different, but it, it fits here too, is that I kind of do things all in. I just kind of like to jump in with both feet. I don't, I don't like, I, I never was one that wanted to go in the pool. You know, my wife, she, she slips in, oh, and does all this. I said, just jump in. It's a whole lot easier. It's one quick thing and it's over, you know, but she's got to go in slow. And then what do I, you know, we always splash her and everybody's got good at cannonballs because, you know, you got to splash her. But see, here's the thing. We want to jump all in where God's promises are concerned. See, the longer we hold God at arm's length, the longer we just, we just receive just enough to get us to heaven, we, we miss out on the rest of what God had for us. He said he, there's great and precious promises He's given to us. And then He tells us to, to make every effort, every effort to respond to them. You see, when God begins to give us a, a, a revelation or an understanding of, of who He is, you know, we've got to respond to that. Whenever He begins to give us promises for things He's made available to us, the ability to, to have wisdom, the ability to walk in peace, the ability to forgive, the ability to repent. See, He's promised us the ability to do those things that, that make our life easier and better. You know, the, one of the most miserable places to be in life is bitter and anger, angry, unwilling to forgive. Man, I hate to see that when people and families and, 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 and people, boy, they just hold bitterness and, and resentment and unforgiveness. And I've, I've had people that maybe did something wrong to me or something or, or you know, they think they might have offended me or, or something. I said, you know, I don't get offended. I choose not to. I'm not going to waste my life and my time worrying about, you know, what somebody else has done. I'm going to forgive now, if you cheat me in business, I'm going to forgive you, and I'm not going to do business with you again. I mean, you know, there is some wisdom there. God didn't say be, unless God says do, do, do something again. But, you know, that's just a one little example. But, you know, here's the thing. If we release that situation, that circumstance to God, what have we done? We've, we've, we've walked in God's way, 
And when we walk in God's way, we get God's results. God says to forgive. God, what did He do with you? Forgave you. And then what did He do again? He forgave you again. And then when you messed up again, what did He do? Oh, forgave you. <laughs> Continued to, to love you. And you know, that's, that's a different way to live whenever we choose to say, you know, God, I'm just going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take the promises, the provisions, the, the ability to, uh, what does it say in the middle of verse 4 there? It says, these, these are the promises that enable you to share His divine nature and escape the corruption of the world that comes as a result of lust or, or, or human desire, strong desire for things. Boy, I tell you what, that's a freeing thing. But we've got to make every effort to respond to those, the, the, the promise, whatever it is. There's many different ones. You know, another, another big part of this is, is he, he continues in that verse 5, and he says, supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence. Man, I tell you what, he says, I like the way that, that New Living, it says, a generous portion, a generous supply. You know, it's not just a, a little dab, but a lot of it. It's kind of like gravy. I, I mean, you know, if I'm going to eat gravy, by golly, I don't want just a little, right? You know, I, you, you get chicken, chicken fried steak, mashed potatoes, or mom used to make chicken fried steak and rice, white rice, with, with that good white gravy from that chicken fried steak, put that all over. Ooh, man, that's a, I'm full, and that's, that makes me hungry. That's good stuff. But you know what's a bummer? Is when you don't quite get enough gravy. <laughs> you got more potatoes or rice than you got gravy. That is no place to be. We want a generous portion. Say, well, dummy, don't put some potatoes on there first. Well, you know, sometimes we're, we're thinking our eyes are bigger than our stomach. But we, we want a lot of it. Well, that's kind of the way this is, where, where that supplementing our faith with a generous provision of moral excellence is. And that moral excellence is, is, the, is the characteristics of God beginning to influence our life. We begin, to be, we begin to approach things entirely different when we give our life to Jesus Christ. And we begin to go to the promises of God, and we don't just kind of approach Him, but we respond to the promises of God, and we say, God, if you said it's mine, it's mine. That's one of the first ways we respond to the promises of God. We say yes, and we make a choice to say, God, I'm going to walk in it. I'm going to make a choice to say, God, if you promised it to me, you know, one of the things that you might have to do is you might, first of all, have to forgive yourself for some of the things that you've done. I don't know who that's for tonight, but I just feel led to the Lord to, to, to say that. Because sometimes you hold yourself under, in, in, in such a place that you can't receive the promise of God's love and His transfor the transforming power of, the, of what happens when we repent. When we repent before God, 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sin, this is talking about believers, not talking about this is how you get saved. You get saved by confessing Jesus as Lord, receiving the blood, blood for provision through the cross. But when you falter and you fail, and you make a mistake, and you, 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 you hold bitterness, or you refuse a promise or, some, or, or a, a command of God, and then you realize, you know what, I need to change that. When you, when you confess it before God, what is he? It says He's faithful and just to forgive us. It means He's done with it. But then He doesn't stop there. He says, and cleanse you, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 
It means he's getting all the old stains out. It, it means he's washing it away. What, what is the old, song, the old hymn that says, what, what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And so we, we, we receive that, we walk in that. And so what, what it means, what this moral excellence means, is moral excellence means it's the sum of all desirable characteristics, or character traits, I should say. It's the sum of all of them. And you know what? Those only come from God. We're going we're gonna to have good character. You ought to have been taught certain good things. Not to lie, not to cheat, not to steal. There's, there's good character traits. But when you begin to allow the, the sum of all good character traits, which will come from God, begin to operate in your life, then you begin to approach people entirely different. You begin to approach the, the life entirely different. You begin to look at things with, in, a, in a different light and you allow the influence of God's character, God's ways to work on the inside of you. You know, it, 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 uh, it begins to also be that the source of all of that comes from God. You know, this book, I've got, I don't know, I think on, on, on my morning Bible study sometimes, the, the High Call Facebook, I, I'll, I'll say, I'll count how many Bibles. I, I might have four or five open, different translations or study Bibles or whatever, open on my, on my uh, desk, but then I've got... Uh, you know, maybe multiple others sitting there on on each side. I may have 14 different Bibles that, that I've got. Well, you know, I mean, that's, that's like uh, tools of the trade, stuff that I need. Sometimes I just want a new one, and I just, you know, always buy another one just to, just to have another one. This, this is a thin line Bible. In fact, it was in my case last week, and Sue goes, where's your Bible? Because I usually got a big, thick study Bible in there. But I brought this one. I brought this lightweight one. We'll see. It's still got the life of God in it. It's still... But this is the number one source of all the knowledge, all the wisdom, all the direction, all the, of, that I want in my life. This is the first place I go. It's the first place that I want to build my life off. He says, he says make it every effort to add to respond to the promises and supplement your, your faith, first of all, with moral excellence. And then he says, the second thing he says is with knowledge. You know, this knowledge, like we've talked about, it's a, it's a true and exact knowledge, but it's an ability to have discernment. It's a, it's, it's a discernment that gives us the ability to know what to do in, every, in any given situation. But more importantly, it's, a, it's that, that ability to know God. Know him in a, in a deeper way. He goes on there. He says, "Add to your moral excellence. Add to your add knowledge, and add to your knowledge self-control." You know, it's funny because this word self-control. Um, one of the uh, uh, King James says calls it temperance. Um, it, I began to. I was like, Lord, there's a lot in that right there. That if we could, you know, he's saying, he's saying, put these things in practice and you're not going to fall. You're not going to fail. If we could operate and walk in, you know, faith, first of all, it begins with faith. Then he says this moral excellence. He says knowledge. But then he comes in and, and he says with self-control. And I was just praying about that. And, and obviously that's one of the fruits of the spirit. But, you know. 
Why is self-control so valuable? Because if we can keep our if we can keep ourselves under control, then what do we do? We're not led by then if we if we can't keep ourselves let's turn it around. If we can't keep ourselves under control, the, the next part of it is uh, is we're being led by our emotions or we're being led by our flesh. You know, self-control keeps us in line, and I and I just wrote down spirit, soul, and body. And we ought, to, we ought to have them in that order. In other words, be led by our spirit, keeping our soul in line with our spirit, keeping our body, our flesh in line with the spirit. If we can keep in that place self-control, then, then we're not overrun by our temper. We're not overrun by uh, greed. We're not overrun by uh, things that would fear, anxiety. We're not overrun by other things. Other things aren't leading us. If we have ourself under control, what can we do? We can bring ourself into line, alignment with the Word of God, and we can uh, bring ourself so that so that the Spirit of God is the one leading us, guiding us, and directing us. You know, uh, set ourselves in order so nothing else leads us, only the things of God. You know. Then he he continues on. He says, patient endurance. Patient endurance, uh, you know, is an interesting word that this translation uses two words to, to just say perseverance is one of the words that one of the translations uses. But patient endurance, it doesn't just mean patience, but it means the ability to endure. It doesn't just mean the ability to endure, but it, it's doing it with patience. And when you put those two together, that gives us a better picture of the way that we can stand in in the world, in the delay in our prayers, in the challenges of time, in the, in the pace that God has us in sometimes. You know, man, I want everything fast. I, I want to I decide. Once I, I may spend a lot of time researching and studying and deciding. And once I decide, it's like, let's do it. Now. Let's, I want it now. Next week. We'll have it done by next week. You know, my wife always asks me, when are you coming home? I say, I'll be home in an hour. She goes, okay, I'm planning on about three. <laughs> you know, you think, you think a project's going to take two days. Well, it takes two weeks or two months sometimes. Nothing ever seems like it. A lot of things don't happen as fast. You can't build a house as fast as you like, right, Woods? <laughs> but, you know, sometimes we have to have, uh, or, or there's a value in having patient endurance. And then he goes on, he says, in godliness. You know, godliness, walking in godliness, that's a moral life. That's godly character. And then he goes on and, and he says brotherly affection. You know, brotherly affection is, is Christian to Christian love. You know, sometimes it's hard to love your fellow Christians. Glad I didn't get too many amens. I got a few smiles, a few nods, but not a lot of amens. But sometimes Christians are hard to love. But you know what? God gave us that command that we're supposed to love one another. Now, that doesn't mean we always agree. I mean, I'm thank God I've got good relationships with all of my family. And some of them, they don't think quite like I do on some things. I may not, you may not think like me all the time. I may have said something once in a while that ruffles your feathers, gets you agitated or aggravated. But you know what? The Bible says you've got to love me anyway. I'm sure not trying to, but we've got to love one another anyway. But you know what? It's funny because he didn't stop there with brotherly kindness or brotherly love. 
affection. He goes on and he says, with love for everyone. And if you look at those two words in the Greek, they're two entirely different things, or they're two entirely different things, because the last one is agape love, and that's a God kind of love. There wasn't a, a word that wasn't used until God put it in there, until Jesus came. Agape love. It's, it's a benevolent love. It's a giving love. You know, it's, it's the kind of love that doesn't have to have reciprocation. It's an unconditional love. But you know what? Uh, the amazing thing is, is as I began to, to research this in one of the lexicons that explain those Greek words, it, it said it's giving what is needed, not only what's desired. You know, if we, uh, our kids sometimes, you, you probably had kids that, that thought they, they would even say, you just don't love me because we wouldn't give them the toy they wanted or the, or the whatever they wanted or you didn't buy them the right car when they got older or you didn't do whatever. And, and, and you know what I, I learned a long time ago? I love, they, they understood and they learned that we loved them even if we didn't give them the, the best, the brightest, the shiniest, the thing that they thought they had to have. And, and they look back as, we, as they've gotten older, they look back and they realize some of that stuff. But you know what? Love gives us what we need, what, not only what we desire or want. And you know what? Where God is concerned, sometimes He gives us what we need, not what we want. But you know what I've learned? When I'm submitted to God as, and, and, and my heart's yielded to God, I'm okay with that. And you know what he begins to do? He begins to change my desires. I quit, I quit having to have that thing and that desire and that, or that thing that I think I need. And God begins, if it's not something that I really truly need, then God begins to shift me. He begins to shift my thinking until my desire and his desire begin to line up. And you know, when we, put, we, when we begin to put all these things together, he, he goes on there. He says... Uh, <clears throat> Verse 8, he says, uh, The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be. And notice what he, how, he, how he words this, in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, if we're productive in the knowledge of Him, he says we receive and walk in the great and precious promises. We partake of the divine nature and we escape the corruption of the world through lust. See, he, he, he says a whole lot in just a, a few verses right there. He goes on in verse 9, he says, But those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted or even blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. So brothers and sisters, work hard to prove what you really are among those God has called and chosen, and do these things and you will never fail. And God will give you a grand entrance in the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of our Lord. You know, as I close this out tonight, you know, one of the things that, that I, as I began to read back through that is a picture that he's painting there is, you might say, is ownership. If I can own these characteristics, if I can own these traits, if they become mine... In other words, they're, they're, they're just the way I live. It's not a have-to response. It's not a, 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 a try response. At first it will be, but it becomes second nature. It, it becomes the thing that's, that's, that's done. How, now, how do we get to that place where we, where we own those things? I think one of the things is habit. He said to work. It means we make it, begin to make it our habit. 
You know what? I'm going to make it my habit to love. That means when somebody drives ignorant in front of me, depending on your driving style, it could be somebody is too fast or somebody is too slow, whichever it is, you know, devil loves to use other people's driving to irritate you. Just say, well, I'm going to love that person. You know what? If, if something happens at the store, just choose it. I'm going to walk in love. If, if something begins to, any way that you can begin to put, if you begin to feel yourself get a little bit out of control, you just reel yourself back in and say, uh-uh, nope, 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 we're going back over here. You begin to put it into practice, you begin to put it to work, and you choose to walk in it. Man, I tell you what, if we begin to do that, we can put those practices into work, and I believe that we can begin to own that type of, that type of life, that type of style. As we close this service out tonight, I just want to give you opportunity you know, maybe somebody watching and maybe somebody sitting right here uh, needs prayer tonight. We, we'll go up and, and give opportunity for prayer. If you'd like personal prayer, uh, we are uh, kind of like that dog. We agree we can lay hands on people and pray for you if you want to. We will do that. We'll also pray for those prayer needs and, and lift those up. But you know what? It all begins with a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I talked about truly knowing him. You may have gone to church for a long time. You may be sitting there and think everybody thinks you're all okay, but if you haven't made Jesus Christ Lord, the most important thing you can do is to pray and accept Jesus as Lord. So let's go before the Lord and, and pray. Father, we just come before you tonight. And, and Lord, we just thank you for this opportunity to, to open your word, to enjoy wonderful music, to, to enjoy fellowship. And Father God, we just... But Lord, we always want to extend the invitation, the opportunity to settle forever the decision of where you're going to spend eternity. Bible's very clear. God doesn't send anybody to hell. But when we reject the gift of salvation, we're going where, we've all, where we're already destined because of sin. But there's a fix, and Jesus provided it. And the Bible says all we have to do, we don't have to be perfect first, all we have to do is say yes to Him. We can say, Lord Jesus, forgive me. If you're not sure and you want to be sure, pray this prayer with me and under your breath say, Dear Lord Jesus, forgive me. Take my sin and take my life. Be my Lord and Savior. Jesus, I confess you as Lord. I receive the new life in Christ. I want to spend eternity with you. Now, Father God, I praise you and I praise you for that you know each and every one who might have prayed that prayer and I thank you that Lord God they know now that they're saved but they also know that they're loved and that they can contact us that they can respond to the promise of salvation that response is the boldness and the confidence to come and say that was me I'm settling it I'm done I'm, I'm, I'm Jesus's. I'm giving my life to God. If you prayed that prayer tonight, I pray that you respond through social media or through here. We give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, as we let these guys come on back up here and minister in song for a few minutes, I, I'm going to go up for prayer. And if you need prayer for anything, you can come up. A few will, will come with us. And we'll lift up those needs. But I want you to be blessed tonight. I encourage you to, to uh, take advantage. Let us know if you are, have prayed that prayer.
All right. Well, let's give Richard and Jim a good hand and let them come back in and worship for us. Great message. I may have turned myself off. One, two. Great message. Well, I hope the Lord gives us a little more rain. When I came in here, it was raining, and I hope it gives us a little more, right? things that was going on in my life with me and another old fella. And he looked right at me and he said, have you prayed for him? Hung my head down a little. <laughs> he said, uh, have you prayed with him? Oh man, I hung my head lower. <laughs> I guess why I tell you that, if there's somebody in your life that you're going, that rascal, <laughs> pray for him or her, and then uh, maybe uh, you'll find yourself praying with them. Two little questions. Are we weak and heavy laden? Take it to the Lord in 
in prayer In his arms he'll take and shield thee I will find a soulless there In his arms he'll take and He's my rock, my sword, my shield. He's my rock, my sword, my shield. He's my wheel in the middle of the wheel. He's a lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. Makes no difference what you say. I'm gonna get on my own knees and pray. I'm gonna wait right here till Jesus takes me home. Cause Jesus is mine. I am forgiven. I'm holding his hand. I'm going to heaven. I have found a wonderful Savior who will bless me forever. And I am his. And I thank God he is mine. One more time. He's my rock, my sword, my shield. He's my wheel in the middle of the wheel. He's the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. Makes no difference what you say. I'm gonna get on my knees and pray. I'm gonna wait right here till Jesus takes me home. Cause Jesus is mine. I'm holding his hand How about this? I'm going to heaven And I have found a wonderful Savior Who will bless me forever And I am his And I thank God he is mine And I am his And I thank God he is mine to this old hymn. You can help me out. Sing the wondrous love of Jesus. Sing his mercy and his grace. In the mansion bright and blessed he'll prepare for us to play. When we all, when we all get to heaven what a day of rejoicing that will be, that will be when we all see Jesus. We'll sing and shout the victory. Now next time, shout, okay? Here we go. While we walk that pilgrim's pathway, clouds will overspread the sky. When traveling days are over, not a shadow, not a sigh. Here we go. When 
for having us uh, come to the Chisholm Trail Cowboy Church. It's a... Thank you for coming. <laughs> well, thanks for having us. It's a, it's a great church. I can just tell. You need to tell your neighbor. Did you have fun here tonight in the Lord? Yeah. Did you learn things about the Lord? Just tell somebody next week. Or even do this. I'll be by about 6 o'clock, take you over to the arena, and I'll buy you a supper, and you'll have a great time. All right, there's your challenge. <laughs> Thank you. Well, it's, it's always good to have somebody else prompting you to do that, not just me, amen? But that, that cafe is, is a good deal. They had, those street tacos were good tonight, so uh, anyway, that was good. Well, we're going to close in prayer. Did we get a mic? Okay. I, all right, let's close in prayer. Before we close in prayer, I need to wish my wife a happy birthday. Oh, hey. She thought she was going to get to slide out of here without people <laughs> recognizing. And that's maybe right. Maybe a little bit of embarrassment for her and stuff. Right. So. Well, that's good. We're going to so, sing to her? You bet. You, you got the microphone. Take off. Well, I'll, I'll sing to her. <laughs> happy, happy birthday, birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Emma. Happy birthday to you. You, you know that's on the, on the air and everything. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> that's why I use my singing voice. Yeah. All right, let's, let's pray. pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this night. We thank you for the word that was delivered here and the song that was delivered here, Lord. And, and Lord, we just pray that it ministered to everybody's heart that heard it. Yes, Lord. Lord, we pray it's carried outside the four walls of this church and that, as Jim said, we bring somebody back with us. Thank 
Lord, we just thank you for this time together. We thank you for the rain that, that you showered us with as we were sitting in here. And we give you the praise and glory as we step forward in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. Well, you guys have a blessed week, and we will see you next week. Let's see. Who do we got next week? I can't. Tearing down. But I'd work on a building too Said I'm working on a building Working on a building Working on a building For my Lord, for my Lord It's a Holy Ghost building It's a Holy Ghost building Holy Ghost building